And you'll get to find out about this woman that showed tremendous wisdom. And I thought that was interesting. The great roles that women play in the Bible. And I sort of think women play a big role today, don't you? Huh? They do. And we have a lot of wise women that's in this church. And God uses those women. And God used Hannah. God used Abigail. Great story. But I want you to look, if you will, at James chapter 3. And we're going to begin with verse 13. And it's wordy. But please allow me to use the amplified. Who among you is wise and intelligent? Let him by his good conduct show his good deeds with the gentleness and humility of true wisdom. So the Lord uses James to tell about true wisdom, godly wisdom, heavenly wisdom. And then he shows the great contrast between heavenly wisdom and earthly wisdom in these few verses. And I thought it was so interesting and so uh, revealing this, this word called, you say, what is wisdom? Well, let me just say that wisdom is knowing God's word, if we are people of wisdom, knowing the truth of God's word and putting those truths into everyday life. The application of the truth of God. And that is the man, that is the woman that certainly has wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, and he's starting out about earthly wisdom and selfish ambition in your hearts. Do not be arrogant. And as a result, be in defiance of the truth. This superficial wisdom, this earthly wisdom, is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, secular, natural, unspiritual. And then he goes deep into this saying, even demonic And so the wisdom that the world displays today, the wisdom that is so prominent in our culture today, it's unnatural. It is earthly. And I believe if you, if your eyes are open and you can understand scripturally, scripturally what the Bible says, you know it's, it's, it winds up being demonic. And this is what certainly that James is telling us about verse 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder, there is unrest, and there's that word, there's rebellion. There's rebellion. I I, I think that word is so vitally uh, important. Rebellion. You say, Pastor, if a person is saved, listen to me, important important little thought here. I'm, I'm going down a little rabbit trail, but it's a good one. If if a person is saved and they backslide, where is it in there that they will eventually, if they continue to do that, where is it if they die, they will go to hell? Once saved. Now listen, I know there are people that believe once saved, always saved, and that's okay. Believe it and live it. Uh, I, 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 I do believe that a person, once they're saved, I believe they're going to heaven. I don't believe if you backslide that the, the, the next day or the next week that you're going to go to hell. I don't believe that. But I believe there is somewhere in there, if we continue to practice, there's the word, 
knowingly, premeditatingly rebel against God. I believe somewhere in there, and I believe if you study the scripture, especially about finest dake, I believe if you study the scripture, you'll understand. Somewhere in there, if that person dies, they're going to go to hell. You say, where is it at? I believe the time that they start rebelling against God. When they go from doubt and they're struggling with that, just because we doubt doesn't mean we're going to go to hell. Doesn't Doesn't mean we're not saved. But I believe when that person goes from doubt to unbelief, I refuse to accept God's word. I refuse to believe God's word. Then that's where that is. And this, this scripture uses that word rebellion and every evil thing and morally degrading, there's that word, practice. It's one thing for sin to overtake us. It's one thing for us to sin, it's something else for us to practice that sin. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above, now he's getting, he just told us about the earthly wisdom, the secular wisdom, the fleshly wisdom, and we see that on display every day of our lives. I don't know how people can be so dumb. I really don't. I just see dumb people and it's just amazing to me, you know. Right here, just as plain as the nose on my face and your face, right here in front, and yet they still, I don't understand that. So he's going from this earthly, secular, worldly wisdom, and now James, and I love this, James is going to tell us about the heavenly wisdom. But the wisdom from above is first, and then he uses that word first. First pure Morally and spiritually undefiled. I love that. Then peace-loving, courteous, considerate. Then he uses a word here that you don't hear much from Pentecostals, gentle. In fact, sometimes I think that word is just stricken out of our vocabulary when it comes to us becoming Christians. Well, bless God, no. Be gentle. Be gentle. Very important word. Reasonable and willing to listen. Full of compassion and good fruits. It is unwavering without self-righteousness, hypocrisy, and self-serving guile. And the seed whose fruit is righteous, spiritually maturity, is sown in peace by those who make peace by actively encouraging goodwill between individuals. Somehow in my mind, when I read the scripture, your relationship with God means something when it comes to your relationship with man. Brother Don, that's just simple, yes, but it is so, it is so true. Earthly wisdom, look at your notes. This wisdom extols as virtues such qualities. Now here's, here's where the world is. Power, position, privilege, and prestige. Is that what we're after? Is that what the world is after? Whether it's a politician, whether it's a movie star, whether it's whoever it might be, whether it's Christians or whatever, we have to be careful. We watch Those things, power, position, privilege, and prestige. And that's where these 
earthly virtues are displayed. And the reason that they're displayed. Because man seeks power. Man seeks prestige. Man certainly desires position. It's amazing how we change when we're elevated to other positions. Number two, it's full of bitter envy and self-seeking in the heart. You can tell the earthly wisdom when you see people that are self-seeking, gratification of the flesh. And if we're not careful, it's easy to fall into that. In our lifestyles, in our living, it is sensual. And then there's that word again, it is demoniac. It is, it is, it, it, it's, it's sinful. This wisdom, the wisdom that is displayed by the world, it, is, it was this kind of wisdom that prompted uh, Lucifer, Satan, to rebel against God. He thought he was wise. He was dumb. Satan was stupid. I mean, here he is, way down the totem pole when it comes to God. God's here. And everything else is way down here. Thought that he could take a third of the angels and take over the kingdom of heaven. Wouldn't you think that's pretty dumb? And if we're not careful, we fall into the very same trap. We think we can do thus and so. Listen, without God, we couldn't have gotten up this morning. Without God, you couldn't breathe another breath. Without God, that old heart would stop ticking. Listen, we need God. And rebelling against God is certainly not wise. And we've got people by the millions in America that are just simply not only disobedient, not only are they living a sinful lifestyle, but they are in, they are in rebellion against God. And I see them, I see them often. So these are the traits. This is, this is the earthly wisdom. That shouldn't be hard to detect. People that's like that. But then I want to go to the heavenly wisdom. Now this is important. I want you to, I want you to judge yourself. I want you to give yourself a grade. Okay? And see what kind of grade you're going to get following this heavenly wisdom. First of all, and he says first, it's first pure. It means to be holy. It means to be set apart. God give us people. Give us believers today that simply set apart from the world. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to tell the world from the church and the church from the world. Ooh, that won't too loud there. It's true. We need to be different. And I'm not talking about odd. We're peculiar. We're different. We're different. Number two, not only that, or this wisdom is holy because it, the, it's the origin of God. It came from God. Number two, not only is it pure, and I think the reason he said first pure, because all the other ones are no good without, first of all, living that separated, holy, pure life. Number two, peaceable. Makes every effort to be at peace. Listen to what Romans 12, 18 says. Now, I've been studying this message for, thir- for three weeks. So, I, I just, I sat yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, 
hours, 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 hours. And I got it all typed up on the computer and I sent it to the printer and I lost everything. I had worked for hours and hours. I hate computers. And I got some of the wisest minds in this church to come and try to get it back. And I couldn't. So yesterday I sat down for about five more hours and worked on it again. So if I've gotten it twice, you can listen to it twice. <laughs> Romans twelve eighteen, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You ever, you ever meet people just seem like they want to keep something stirred up all the time? My wife, we, we knew a man lived out on the West Coast. It seemed like his efforts was to keep something stir. He'd stir up something with the city. He'd stir up something in the church. He, he just had to pick a fight. Listen, God wants us to be at peace one with the other. He wants us, if I'd ask you today, to change from this section to this section, from this section to this section, from that section to this section, you could do it without a problem because you love everybody on, on your section and everybody in between. Aren't you glad that God gives us love? Doesn't matter what people do. Doesn't matter what they say. I'm talking about living peaceful. Amen. True peace is always the outgrowth of purity. There is no peace outside of living for God. There is no peace outside of living that holy life. Somebody says, oh, you're, more, you're holier than that. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm just talking about living a good, sanctified life engineered and, and motivated and helped through and by the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. I can't do it. But it's first of all pure, second of all peaceable, and then it's gentle. I love that word. It just, it just keeps on blessing me. It is gentle. It's kind in one's dealings with others. No harsh even, not harsh when even when right in your dealings. Well, I ask God, I know I'm right. Well, maybe you're right, but your attitude stinks. Be gentle. Be gentle with your brother and sister. I've seen fights in the church. Isn't it something that even in the church, there's dissension? Then there's always disagreements, and that's okay. But the Bible tells us to be gentle, not harsh, even when right and dealing with those who differ. Let's look at 2 Timothy. It says, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to almost everybody. Did I read it? The sheep, huh? Oh, be gentle to all, able to teach and be patient. Humility correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. Well, bless God, I'll tell you what you're doing. You're going to go to hell. Listen, be gentle. I've seen some preachers preach about hell and like, like they wanted you to go there. Their attitude, their, you know, God wants us to be gentle. He wants us to be loving especially to brothers and sisters. And he wants us to be gentle with the world. 
There's people that have lifestyles that I totally and completely disagree with, but I'm gentle with them. In fact, I got a chance this week to witness to one and to some. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't come down on them. I showed them love. Willing to yield. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's what it says. Says that, right? James says that. God says that. Don is not necessarily saying it other than I'm just telling you what God says. He says willing to yield. Not in matters of truth. I love this statement. Hang on to it. Not in matters of truth, but in matters of opinion. I remember when we got saved, women couldn't cut their hair. They could not wear makeup. If you had makeup on and you cut your hair, you were going to hell. I mean, we believe that. We couldn't go, I couldn't go watch Roy Rogers and Gene Autry in the movie. I couldn't go to the movie. But when you like to see some clean programs like that now, Roy Rogers and Gene Autry, Lash LaRue. Now, I've done gone way beyond some of you people. But listen, we couldn't go to high school ball games. And I thought if you did all these things, you were going to go to hell. But that was opinions. And a lot of people have opinions about what the scripture says and know very little about what it means. Because we've heard someone else say it, because we have thought it all of these years, it's time that we look and realize that we want to stand by the word of God. We want to stand by the tr- truth of God. But it went, well, let's, let's see what the Bible says. And I wrote this with the message, and I hope we got it with it. Look at, look at uh, Romans 14, 1, 2, 3. Now, you want to cultivate good relationships with people. Especially if you're a believer. You want to cultivate good relationships with people. Here's a good way to do it. Notice what Paul says to the church at Rome. Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. Come on in. Well, they don't believe like I do. Let them Let them take off and let them go. I'm not going to fellowship with them. Listen, that's not what God wants us to do. Let me read it again. Listen to what it says. It says, welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Now, I'm reading God's word. I'm not reading some fantasy book. This is from God himself. He's telling us what to do, and he's also telling us what not to do. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department. Now, you know, I read it with a message. It's so, it's so plain. And it's telling us what. Listen, God Almighty cares about how we treat each other and how we feel towards each other. And I'm not too sure we're going to win anybody to the Lord with the way we show judgment and the way we criticize and the way we cut people off and our, our looks, our roll our eyes back into our head and our actions. God wants us to do this. Can I read it one more time? 
Is it okay if I take out time? Listen to what it says. Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they say or do something you don't agree with, even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in faith in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. My history was you couldn't dress the way people dress today and be saved. That was my history. I was raised that way. You say, what changed it? Oral Roberts. I went to some of his first tent meetings. That means I'm old because they were way back yonder. I went to his first, he, you know, Oral Roberts set up his first tent meeting in Durham, North Carolina on Andrew Avenue. Wow. But one of his greatest revivals was in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And so mama took us three kids and, and we were going to go hear Oral Roberts. Wow, you could see him on television. Real, real jet black hair and this big-ish, this sure, big sure mic here. He'd sit here and he'd sit in the chair and he'd lay hands on people. Listen, they had tents. Now they had the large tent. Then they had another tent, large, large tent out next to it. And this is where they took the crippled. They took wheelchairs, they took crutches, they took, and, and they, the ambulances, that's what we called them back then, the ambulances lined up behind each other. Wow. And people were healed by the thousands. And he had what was called prayer lines. He would sit in a chair behind that sure mic praying for people for hours tremendously healed, great miracles taking place. And I watched those people as they gathered and started up that ramp to let Oral Roberts lay. And I'd watch him lay his hands on them, and they were healed. And some of those women, they, they had earrings on. Their hair was cut short. They had makeup on, and I said, now, she is not going to get healed living like that. That was my opinion. That was my history. That woman is not going to get one thing from God. Did I read? Did I tell you? Jesus got a hold of my life in the Oral Roberts meeting, and he wouldn't let me go. They were healed. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That helped me to quit judging people. Quit judging people. Love them. Yeah, I still disagree with some things, a lot of things. But I'm not going to tell them what they, they're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead them to Christ, not try to drive them to the Lord. And then I would watch women in the church. That wouldn't cut their hair. Their hair was way, they'd sit on their hair. Their hair was way down here. They had the longest hair, and many of them had the longest tongue. I said, they just don't go together. You know, they, were, they gossip, they get on the phones, and they would get gathered together, and they just gossip. I said, that just don't add up. 
So I learned to quit judging people. And this is what he says here. For instance, verse 2. A person who has been around for a long while might well be convinced that he can eat anything on the table. While another with a different background might assume he should only be a vegetarian and eat accordingly. You can eat this, you can eat that. Where I wish, where I would not go to, to, to movies, I go to movies now. I may go to a movie twice a year, maybe three times at the most a year. I don't go to a lot of movies. When I went to the old gym theater in Clinton, North, the old gym theater in Clinton, North Carolina. When Mama got saved, she said, y'all can't go to the theater. And I'd slip out and go to the theater. And I thought, sure, God was going to send Jesus, that Jesus was going to come while I was in that theater, and I would not go to heaven. Yeah, I was scared to death. Much of the happenings was fear. I can go to a movie theater today, and I don't think, I think if Jesus would come, he'd snatch me out of that theater. Now, I don't want to go watch junk. You see, we all have our standards. We all have our opinions. But there's one standard that we should abide by. It's God's word. And if it's not there, and being rightly divided, leave it alone. And leave the people alone. That's good preaching, Brother Don. That's a good place to clap. Right? Come on. Good place to clap. Here we go. Here we go. Wake up. Wake up. Come on. Here we go. Willing to yield. Open to reason. you got some people, their minds are so closed, they're not a bit more open to reason. You can't talk to them. When I used to try to talk to people, I used to try to talk to people, I used to try to talk to people. You know what I've learned? I saved, I saved myself a lot of energy. I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, bless thee, my child, and I'm going to go to Cracker Barrel and get me a meal and let them go on down the road. Not open to reason. Notice the next one. Full of mercy. Quickly to forgive. Oh God. My parents used to tell me if a turtle ever bit you, he would not turn loose until it thundered. Some people bite and they don't turn loose. They don't even turn loose when it thunders. They hold on to a grudge. You did this to me, bless God, I'm not going to forgive you. Forgive. You say, but they didn't do it. It doesn't matter what they did. Unforgiveness is of of the devil. Unforgiveness turns into what? Bitterness. And bitterness poisons our body. And we are poisoned not only physically, but mentally and spiritually because we didn't let it go. Forgive. Full of mercy. You say, why should I forgive? Because you need forgiveness. Why should I show mercy? Because you need to be shown mercy. And if I need to be shown mercy, I want to show mercy to someone. i got to hurry up. Full of good fruits, we are to show by our conduct. Full of good fruits. Live what you say. If you believe in serving God, serve Him and live it. Don't lie. I meet people all the time that lies. 
I was out at a restaurant. My wife and Neil was at a restaurant last night. And this guy came over there, and I've been knowing him for 100 years, many years. And I've been knowing him for a long time. And he stood there and talked. He's a talk. He just talked and talked. He told more lies standing right there in front of me. I, he did. And I'm scratching my head. And I know one lie he told was on Carol. Now I left there and I said, Carol, did you do that? She said, no. No, I didn't. And he stood there with open face, without one hesitation, riling off this lie. And lie after lie after lie. I just said, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I ate my spaghetti and, and, and all, and I went home. And I went to sleep and rested. I'm tired of trying to straighten everybody out and letting them judge. Let, listen, that's between them and God. That's between them and God. Full of fruits. Impartial. Holding firm to the same standard. That all time. Now that word impartial, it does mean not showing partiality. It does not mean elevating one person above another. That's what it means. But it really means this. Listen. Holding firm to the same standard. Unwavering. Not only does it mean no respect of person, but it means a person that stands on what he or she says and they'll stand on it today and tomorrow they'll preach it and they'll live it. Isn't that good? I'm glad James put this in here. Boy, it really does help me. Notice what it says here. Without hypocrisy. Hypocrisy says one thing and does another. Says one thing and does another without an act, without a show. Brother Matt, would you come? I know we haven't. Let's let's sing Amazing Grace, that one that we usually sing, if you don't mind. Let me say this word while they're getting prepared. Listen at me. This word is very important. Be sincere in serving God. Be sincere in serving God. Don't be a hypocrite. Who did Jesus come down when he was on earth for those ministering in three and a half years? Who did he come down the hardest on? The hypocrite. God does not want us to be a hypocrite. Be what you are. Say what you mean and mean what you say and live what you say. I see so much hypocrisy in Christianity and churches. I guess I should say churches, not, not just Christianity. Get in the church and live one way and, or say certain things. And it's easy to do that, folks. It's easy to get carried away with that. And I believe that man that talked to me last night, I believe this with all of my heart. Because he stood there, and I'm, I'm, I knew he was lying. I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging him because I, I was thinking he was. I knew he was lying. There are so many people that live in this world today, listen to me, that have told so many lies, they, they even believe them own selves what they're saying. That 
is a mind that is turned over to a reprobate mind. And the Bible says they believe a lie. Hebrew says it. And they'll be damned. Don't start lying. Be truthful with people. Be honest. I never thought I'd miss Junius like I miss him today. My brother. I loved him. He was a year and three months older than I was. Or I am. And we were close. We called each other a lot. We tell each other funny stories of the past. That's one of the things I've missed the last few weeks. I miss picking up the phone and seeing Junior's. You remember so and so? Oh, yeah, we just laugh. When Junior's got saved, he got saved. When he gave up his alcohol, he gave up his whole lifestyle. I've been to get him out of jail, get him off the side of the road, and keep the law from locking him up. But when he got saved, he got saved. I've never seen anyone any more strict when it comes to lying as my brother was. He was asked to do a play one time and he was sitting right here on the altar. It was not in this church, it was another church. And he was acting. And they wanted him to say say a certain thing. He says, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, but this is a play. You're acting. I'm not going to say it. He wouldn't even act with a lie. I never saw him put... I remember in school, at Hall School. So this lets you know how long ago it was. Junius and I, Mama raised us to serve the Lord. Junius and I were at Hall School. And we went to eat, and he didn't pray. And one of the kids, which knew we served God, said, You didn't pray before you ate. Junior said, I prayed this morning for breakfast. I prayed for lunch. <laughs> He's just that quick. I never saw him take, eat a meal. I never saw him open up a pack of nabs. And put one in his mouth. Now he didn't pray every time he put one in his mouth. But before he would eat anything. He would bow his head and say thank you Lord. He lived. He lived what he preached. And that's the reason this church filled up when he died. Because they knew he lived what he preached. I hope a word, I hope a word of a message or a song that's been sung. I hope a touch by the Holy Spirit has challenged you today. To live as a wise man and a wise woman. I hope we refuse to live that life of hypocrisy. 
I hope if you don't know Jesus Christ that you will know him before you leave this place. Because knowing Jesus Christ is the greatest wisdom. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Let them, let them march out on television. Let them sit up there. I've never seen people talk so much in my life that don't know what they're talking about. I got to where I just cut the sound off the television. I do. I just watch it. I just watch the motion. Sports. If I'm going to watch a game, I just turn the guys off. They run their mouth all the time. People love to talk. But listen to what he says. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Paul says to the church at Corinth. Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolishness, or rather, foolish the wisdom of this world? This world's wisdom is foolish. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness, through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks, though they seek after wisdom. But we preach. Christ crucified. <laughs> to the Jews, that's a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, that's foolishness. Ask the average man and average woman on the street about the cross of Calvary. Talk about the cross and the death of Jesus Christ. And you'll find out that they think it's foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Where is it? It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's knowing Him. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. (laughs) And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Sing it for me, folks. Father, we stand in your presence today. I thank you for godly, heavenly wisdom. Lord, let us grasp it. Let it become a part of every area of our lives. May we say today in our hearts, we are finished with the foolishness of this world. We no longer will function in the earthly, fleshly, secular, sensual wisdom. God, if there's one person here that does not know you, deal with them. May they make their election and calling sure today. May they make a decision. And Lord, that's what it's all about. Every one of us will make a decision today whether either to serve you 
or say no to you. Don't let one person leave this place today unsaved, lost, on their way to hell. Deal with us, Lord, where we're at. Deal with every one of us where we are at today in our walk. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing that song once again. Amazing grace. Listen, this is better than any chicken you'll get after the service. This is better. You say somebody else is going to get ahead of me in the line at the cafeteria. Let me tell you, that ain't nothing compared to receiving something from Jesus Christ. He has a table spread this morning of the blessings of God. While they sing this song, if you need Christ or need anything from the Lord, please feel free to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for Chris. She received Christ as her personal Savior today. Hallelujah. And like a flood. I like that part. And like a flood. He is what? He is mercy. Sing it again. And like a flood. His Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a good day. It's been wet on the outside, but it's been wonderful on the inside. A little dreary on the outside, but the sun is shining bright and clear on the inside. Thank you for this church. I thank you for every member, every family, every home. I thank you for every minister in this church. Lord, while we're having church here, the children's church are just really having church back there. I pray for Angela. I pray for Jeremy. I pray God for... uh, Thank you, Jerry. Gerald, thank you for Gerald. I thank you for Chip. I thank you for Shelly. I thank you, Lord, for every person that works with these young people, these children. I thank you for Michael and for Christy. What a couple. What a couple. I thank you for Matt. And every member of this team. I thank you for Johnny. And Mars. And Wallace. And Larry. I thank you for Rick. That runs that sound booth. I thank you Lord for Tammy. And for Mark. I thank you for this church. Keep us in your care. Protect us. We'll praise you in Christ's name. And everybody says, turn around, shake hands, and be real friendly.